Hello, my name is Sam Becker, and I'm the Brookings First United Methodist Church's Worship Technology and Media Director. On behalf of our pastors, Pete Grassow and Krista Ducker, I welcome you to this episode of Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon and scripture from each week's Sunday morning and Wednesday Manna in the Middle services. Today's message was delivered by Pastor Krista Ducker on November 21st, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Krista with Christ the King Sunday. On this Christ the King Sunday, we're taking an opportunity to draw from the tradition of our church uh, global throughout the ages, our lectionary texts. We have a couple that we're going to be looking at today. The first comes to us from Revelation 1, verses 4 to 8. Revelation 1, verses 4 to 8. This is what it says. John, to the church, seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Well, I must say that the book of Revelation has had all sorts of strange things done to it over the centuries, which is understandable because to us, it's a pretty strange book. I mean, a lot of things that would have made perfect sense to those who interacted with Revelation in the first and second centuries in the ancient Near East, have gotten lost in translation to us 2,000 years later. And so understanding this perplexing book takes work and time and an awareness that we are very different from the people who first heard it and read it and wrote it. In some ways. In other ways, we are very much the same. And sorting that out is fruitful, but challenging work. And what I can tell you after some good wrestling with this book over the years is that this is a book meant to encourage us as God's people. It is meant to help us bear up in times when we're getting hammered (laughs) and, and to encourage us to keep up the good work when things are going well and a few other things in between. And if you want to get a sense of this, read the first three or four chapters, which are essentially written as a letter to seven churches in different cities and in different situations in the ancient Near East. And that letter begins with the text that we just read together. In this introduction to this book, to this letter, to this vision, the author takes care to remind us of the significance of Jesus. Jesus is king. 
but he's not like any other king we might have come across. Jesus is a king who loves us. As it says in verse 5 and 6, he is a king who loves us, who freed us from our baggage of sin and gave us a new beginning. He's a king who has always been for us, who remains for us and who will forever be for us. Jesus is not a king who takes. He is a king who gives, even giving his own life for us. And what's interesting about this text for us today, as I said before, is that it has been placed in our seasonal readings on what is called Christ the King Sunday. Many churches around the world follow what is called a lectionary. That's just a fancy word to describe a sort of three-year scripture reading cycle that, by and large, gets us through the vast majority of the biblical text. And on certain days, certain themes are emphasized. So today, Christ the King Sunday, the theme of Jesus' kingship and of kingship in general takes precedence. So we have texts from the Old Testament that emphasize kingship and, and this text from Revelation as well. But what I find interesting today is not only that this text appears in our lectionary for Christ the King Sunday, but that there's another text that appears as well. And it is one that helps us to see this one from Revelation in a new light. That text is John chapter 18, verses 33 to 37. So let me set this up for us. This is part of the passion narrative in John. This is a story of Jesus' final week uh, leading up to the cross. And here in this particular text, he is standing before Pontius Pilate, waiting to be sentenced. And so Pilate enters the headquarters, and it, I'll, I'll begin it here in verse 33. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. So here's a very clear statement of his purpose and identity. Jesus knows who he is. He knows why he was born as a human being, and he knows why he came to earth to testify to the truth. So what is the truth that Jesus is talking about here? Well, we can see from this passage, it has something to do with his kingship. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. So what is the truth of God's kingdom that Jesus has testified to? Well, we get hints of it elsewhere in the Gospel of John. So we'll stick there for now. In John chapter 3, he says in verse 3, I tell you the truth. There it is. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And then two verses later in John 3 chapter 5, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God 
unless he is born of water and the Spirit. So Jesus uses this phrase, I tell you the truth, often in his preaching. We see it in the other Gospels as well, and it's, it's almost like a punctuation mark, like he's saying, pay attention, this is important. In the same way, we might say, I'm not kidding, or I really mean it. <laughs> this is real and true, pay attention. Well, these two sayings about the kingdom of God, the only two in the Gospel of John, occur in a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, who's a well-respected rabbi, who comes to Jesus by night, amazed and confused at the powerful signs and wonders Jesus is able to perform. So he says to Jesus, in effect, you must be from God because there's no way you could do these things otherwise. And Jesus responds to him almost cryptically by saying that God's kingdom requires a new birth, a change of life and perspective brought on by the Holy Spirit. And once we experience it, we are never the same. Once the Holy Spirit takes hold of our lives, we are changed and we become citizens of another country, God's king country where Jesus is king, but he's a new kind of king. And this is the truth that Jesus is talking about in front of Pilate. It's almost like we see Jesus living the now in the light of the not yet. There he is standing before Pilate and accused as a criminal. And yet even so, he is clear on who he is. Even as he is about to be executed by the powers that be, Jesus knows the truth of his identity. He knows that what appears to be the end of his story really isn't the end at all, but the birth of something new. You may remember when Pastor Pete preached from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said that hardships and crumbling earthly kingdoms, endings among us, only serve to remind us that new beginnings are coming. In this text from John, Jesus is living out the reality of what he is preaching in his own life, in the tradition of all the prophets before him, and yet transcending it. This is Christ the King Sunday. It's the end of our liturgical year. You may not know that. <laughs> Did you know that the church year ends and begins at different times than our calendar year? The church year for us and for Christian churches all over the world begins on the first Sunday of Advent, which is next Sunday. And it may seem strange to us that, that we would wrap up the church year with a text that seems to fit better in the Lenten season or, or maybe on Good Friday. It's a text from the Passion Story. But if you think about it, these texts together remind us as we end one season and look to begin another of why we all celebrate Christmas in the first place. We celebrate Christmas because of who Jesus is in all his fullness. Not only a baby in a manger, vulnerable, dependent, human, yet God, but a king who walks with us and who reminds us of our own country, our eternal country with God. We are citizens of God's kingdom. And like Jesus, we can navigate through our circumstances with this true identity in mind. As Jesus stood before Pilate on that day, from one point of view, he was a failed revolutionary. 
a crucified agitator, a done deal. But Jesus knew that this wasn't all there was to him. Jesus knew that a new beginning was about to be born into the world. He knew that God's kingdom was coming and in fact, as he preached, was already here. We know from the testimony of all four Gospels that the kingdom of God was a continuous thread that ran through all of Jesus' teaching. He couldn't stop talking about it. I mean, it seemed like every chance he got, Jesus would find a way to tell another story, find one more person to talk to, perform one more miracle, to get the message across that we are part of a kingdom that is coming and is already here a kingdom of love and justice and peace. Jesus knew this even as he stood before Pilate, and he knew that his real purpose was to free us from our sins, to make of us a new kingdom of priests serving the God who loves us, as it says in Revelation 1. I don't know what you're dealing with today. But I want to tell you that Christ the King Sunday is not about brute force or power. It's not about bragging rights or exalting some kind of God bully who subdues the universe. It's about a king who stepped into our darkness, who walked in our shoes, who lived our life, who tirelessly and creatively in every way he could tried to get the message across to us that he loves us. That his job on earth was to see us, to free us, and to bring us new life by his grace. He even let himself be given over to death to help us to see the truth. And so as we prepare to walk through Advent and into this new liturgical year, I invite us together to worship that king and to let his words change us, free us, and remake us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.